You're listening to Loving the Snow Life with Emma and Tennille. Tennille, our mum, and Emma, her awesome friend, share deep passion for the snow. They started a podcast together to share all their experiences with you. Between them, they have skied over 95 resorts, both held ski instructor qualifications, lived and worked in resorts, and still spent every hard-earned dollar skiing. They set their lives up around snow travel, and our ski bags are always packed, ready to go. We're certainly not complaining about this, are we? No way. And even better, we get to share all the experiences. Hey, Tennille. Hello, Emma. Just you and I today. It's just the two of us and no guests, so this is this is good. Having yeah. a little chat about the topic today is if you're thinking about choosing a season pass for skiing, what are your considerations because it is the minefield? Yep. Yeah, it certainly is a minefield. There is uh, three massive ones to choose from, um, the Epic, the Icon and Mountain Collective. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get a lot of questions, don't we, of which one to, mm. which one's the best. I don't, and it's really difficult. I don't think there's a best one. No. As you want to be discussed. Yeah. yeah. There's no best one. It's just that, and it's very North American oriented because of the ownership of the mountain resorts and the, the partnerships and, and, you know, if you're going somewhere and you want to ski somewhere specifically where your friend lives, then, you know, they may not even be on a pass. So we're really just looking at their differences or, or the considerations between Icon, Epic and Mountain Collective. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. So big topic, but we're going to kind of narrow it down. We're not going to go too much in the nitty-gritty of the cost versus cost, just more about the destinations and if you were going to take a holiday to there. Which one would you buy? It's a lot in the planning, Emma. Would you say that in the destination you want Absolutely. to go to? Absolutely, yeah. We, you and I have put in an order of really how you prioritise, how you how you end up choosing that particular path. So, so let's start with what we landed on was you have to choose your destination first. So if you've got something in mind and you know you want to go to Niseko or you know you want to go to somewhere in New Zealand, land on that first. Absolutely. Otherwise, it, it, it's like it's a minefield. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. So you, you have to plan ahead for your for your ski holiday. You know, normally I think people kind of thought about it like I'm going to ski Threadbow or I'm going to ski Perisher. Now that there's more and more getting added to these passes throughout the world, I don't think it's just about whether you're a Threadbow skier or a Perisher skier anymore. I think you've got to ski, think bigger. If you're a skier in whole and you tend and you want to ski every second year overseas or every year overseas, you should really look at the overseas destinations before you buy your Australian pass. Do you think that? Yeah, one? yeah, absolutely. So you're planning ahead basically the next twelve months and saying, "This is where I plan to ski in my own country, and this is where I potentially could ski overseas." So that's your first decision. It's kind yeah. of like a looking forward thing. And then you have to choose the type of trip you're going to do because there's the kind of trip where you base yourself somewhere for a set period, a week, two weeks, a month, whatever. Yeah. Or there's the road trip, which is, as you know, Tanil, it's popular in Canada. So that yeah. you have to decide on those two factors first. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So let's get into it, Em. Yep. So <laughs> one factor that we both picked up was be very careful. This a lot. A lot of it's in the wording, you know, fine print. But 
be careful of the wording destination versus resort because you can have a destination. When we say choose a destination, a destination can have multiple resorts as part of it. So like um, Naseko has multiple resorts as part of the destination. Hakuba has multiple resorts as part of the destination. So that's quite a big factor as well. Yeah, yeah. So if you were going to go to Japan, let's jump right into Japan, I guess. Um, you are the uh, amazing Japanese. Yeah, as the better half of both of us, you focus more on Japan and you're more knowledgeable about Japan than what I am. So I'm going to go skiing in Japan. What are you going to re- Which pass are you going to recommend? So as we mentioned about focus on your destination first, I would say do you want to go to let's say you've never been there before but you've heard of these resorts you know you've heard of Hakuba you've heard of Rizutsu you've heard of Naseko maybe you've heard of Miyoko you and you've landed on one in your mind maybe your friend's been to one of these places and you go yeah I want to go to one of those places basically how to narrow down a destination is do you want to go to the main island what do you mean by the main island oh okay so Japan is a series of islands and on the main island of Honshu is where you can fly into Tokyo or um, Kobe or Osaka. And so that's going to kind of why you'd want to choose a main island over the top island might be that you might want to do a day trip in Tokyo or visit some other little towns on the main island that you might have heard of, like you might want to go to Kyoto. Um, and do a little some side trip. So say you say, I just want to fly into the main island, that's going to determine then to look at these passes if you think, well, I've already skied at Perisha, where can I go on the main island? Well, you can get, um, you can go use your pass at Hakuba, for example, where you yeah, get pass. You've got- if you've got your Epic Australia pass, yeah, you've, you can get your five consecutive days with no blackout days. We'll get to that. A little bit about the blackout days and everything. Um, if you if you're not fast, or maybe you've been to Tokyo, you've been to the main island, you can head up north and say, "Well, I've got my epic pass. I'll ski at Rizutsu." Yeah. So that's kind of how you're narrowing down your destination. Or mm-hmm. maybe you haven't you haven't got any part. You haven't skied in Australia, and you're you've got you. So you're looking. You don't have an epic pass already, so then you can look at other ones like the the Icon Pass. Um, you mm. can oh you can go to the Icon Pass has um, a resort that's just opened up from like reopened after 2017 Lotte Arai, yeah. which is actually in the Miyoko area. Oh really? And I was thinking if you and I had been there and we I couldn't remember the year that we went to um, Miyoko together, but they it, it basically closed down in 2006 and it reopened in 2017 and it's kind of got luxury accommodation and it's quite well suited for kids but i think you and i it wouldn't suit our families because um i think you'd get a bit bored there we would get okay. a bit bored there after a while but um yeah. but anyway they're on the icon pass and you so get seven that, days wow, that's a- that's a big thing for them to get onto the icon pass then isn't it like for them just to be reopened and to be joining such a family it's such a big huge family of ski resorts that's awesome yeah so yeah so that's on the main island so that's like a different so that's an option and then if you say well I've been to the main island I want to go up north what is there on the icon pass because you're planning ahead yep. so you can go to Naseko 
which is you get seven days there and no blackout days. Yeah. So that's where you're kind of grabbing your accommodation either. So you you choose your destination and then that kind of goes hand in hand with what path you're going to choose. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Agreed. So, I mean, do you, you know, because not a lot of people own lodge, uh, are members of lodges at Perisher. So would you say that you'd book your, I mean, because I'm, I'm tied to the Epic Pass because we are members of a lodge at Perisher. So it's really hard for me to go and buy the Icon Pass because mm. Whiskey perisher, but if you're not tied in like that, like anyone like that, mm. would you say pick your overseas destination first and then buy your pass for Australia? You could go. Well, you could. So, like for example, me. where we were, so we had to cancel our European uh, ski trip because of COVID. But how what how we were planning it at the time was all right. We had the Epic Australia pass, but we were actually going to plan ahead and buy the epic american we haven't gone through these yet but um we're going to buy the epic um the epic pass which is not the epic australia because then that would have got us to europe for our path um we're probably it's probably a bit confusing so should we go back to this list and then we can go back into europe and look at those options yeah definitely go for it okay so the other thing that we identified was the concept of the blackout date and that is when you've decided on your destination and then it kind of leads you to looking at, okay, I'm kind of leaning towards either the Icon Pass because they're at this destination or I'm leaning towards the Epic Pass because they're at this destination, Um, you have to look in the fine print and make sure there's no blackout dates. And blackout dates are days where you can't ski, obviously. (laughs) So they usually fall on the most popular holiday days. And I guess they're like a crowd control kind of measure that, you know, they're already really busy days anyway. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So it's like Christmas Day, um, Christmas over the Christmas holiday break over the, in America, there's President's Week, which everyone takes their their, uh, week off on that. That's a blackout day. Just over the busiest times, really, and actually President's Week is now in, impacting Canada quite a lot and has done for the last 20 years, but it's still, yeah, it's still a day that's a blackout day. But on, honestly, those days are pretty hard to ski on anyway. There's so many people out on those days, so it's not really an issue, I don't think, because you tend to go for a little bit longer than what the blackout days are anyway. You tend to go for like 12 14 days, I figure mo- from experiences, majority of people go that time. So you might have three blackout days within that. So plan your days for those blackout days. Plan to go dog sledding on that day or rest on that day. So, again, planning ahead helps when you're dealing with what passes you are. A lot of them now are getting a bit more savvy. They don't actually have, like, a lot of blackout days. They have unlimited. Um, you majority of the time on your Icon or your Epic or your Mountain Collective, well, your Mountain Collective is a little bit different, but your Epic and your Icon, you are gonna you will get the days that you want to get out there, limit, unlimited or seven days. So it's, yeah. it used to be really restrictive, but now it's not as restrictive. I find that they're just going, oh, no, that really kind of annoyed people, so we're not going to do so many blackout days anymore. Like the Epic Pass this year in Whistler is un unlimited there is no blackout days yeah so they're, no drama at all. they're so much more competitive with each other 
Well, yeah. they are. They are. So it you, that they used to that used to be a big issue, but now it's kind of like I feel like everyone's like, yeah, seven days minimum or unlimited, and you can pay additional to get the unlimited now as well, which is worth it because it's cheaper to do that than what it is to pay on the day when you're over there to ski. So mm. yeah, there's yeah. these are the details that you just can go online and search yourself because it is quite endless. <laughs> Yeah, and that's why it comes back to destination, and then work out. You know, do, do they are they on any any certain pass? Have a look at that pass. Have a look if they've got blackout dates. Also, remember that each of the passes. I'll try and clarify this because it's a bit confusing. But something like the Epic Pass, just make sure there's like the Epic Pass is based in the states. And then there's Epic Australia and then there's Epic Lo- Local. So just make sure you're looking at the correct one. So we use Epic Pass Australia, but we're, we were going to have to um, buy the Epic Pass because they weren't on Epic Australia. You'd- Epic Pass, explain a little bit more how what you had to do when you went to Europe and Australia, different. Yeah, so with the Epic I. We had to be really careful because the Epic Australia Pass gives you really good access to the Japanese resorts, as mentioned, and it also gives you really great access to all the, you know, so many of the North American resorts. You can just check the website and see which ones, but really good access. Yeah. Um, and they've also now got one more in uh, one destination in Switzerland, Andaman Sedrun. But... If you want access to the other places on the Epic Pass in Europe, they're not currently on the Epic Australia Pass. They're on the Epic Pass, which is, you know, the Epic Pass is based in North America. Yeah. So we were going to have to buy that Epic Pass, not the Epic Australian one, the Epic Pass, to get access to a whole lot of European destinations and choose accordingly. Okay, so it's different to the Icon Pass because you it's all accessible on the Icon Pass, North American and Europe, but you just get less days if you buy the base pass and not the Icon Pass. Yeah, so the Icon Pass, yeah. So the Icon yeah. Pass has different aspects to it as well. Yeah, so you just have to also be careful when you're buying the Icon Pass, look really carefully at your destination and whether that's on your Icon Pass or you have to buy the extra components. Yeah. So, Emma, when you researched everything, what was the best way you found the information? How was it just to go direct to their website or was it yep. to go to forums or were the forums just way too confusing? Uh, no, I think the website are really clear but you just have to to, so they do quite good comparisons and all the information's on each of the websites the three mountain collective icon and epic but you just have to be really mindful that it's like make sure you're buying the epic australia pass yeah the epic australia pass is not the epic pass they're they're two different ones the epic pass is based in North America. Yeah, yeah, which I think, um, and you have to pay in American dollars. You can't yes. pay in Australian dollars. So that's yes. that's where your big defining moment comes from. If you're like buying in American, you're like, uh-oh, I am on the Epic Pass, not the Epic Australian Pass is probably. Yes, so, and, and I really think you need a bit of paper and you just need to 
be ready to do a bit of maths because you have to make sure you're comparing apples and apples with your mm-hmm. currencies. So you're not going, oh, you know, it's a it's a silly thing to say, but I've heard people get caught out all the time. They go, oh, we bought the Epic Pass and then realised it was not the Epic Australia Pass. Yeah, I don't think it's a quick purchase. You have to, you know, you can't be a skimmer. No. <laughs> you have to read the details on the websites because there is a lot of details in doing passes. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and the other thing is a skimmer, so... <laughs> Yeah, well, that's why it's just coming back all the time to this, you know, choose a destination and then lean towards a pass and then check. Check yeah. that that's the pass you need. Check the currency. Um, check that it's not one that's a blackout dates. Then we get to the the thing of buddy passes and friends and family passes because these some of the passes have where you where you get extra buddy passes to that your family and friends can use, which reduces the total cost for them. So yeah. that's where it comes back to get your piece of paper out and do your maths. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, so, on the epic, you you get how many did we get this year? I think we got five. Every person got a five buddy passes on our epic in the in Australia. Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, and I did hand all mine out. Like friends would say, "Can I please have one of your buddy passes?" And I just email them the buddy passes. Yeah, it was a really easy process to hand out the buddy pass, I, I thought. It was like an email address, email address, and I thought that that was really good by the big resource, by Epic, to do that because they could have made it a really hard process and never used your buddy pass, but it's actually a smooth transition to get rid of your buddy pass. And it was um, and also it was interesting to because the price changes with your buddy passes, so people used it on the weekend, didn't get as much of a discount as if they used it during the week. They got yeah. quite a big discount. Yeah, yeah. So that was good. But the, so the Icon Pass also has family and friends discount passes and you get 10 of them and that's yeah. a 25% yeah, 20, discount. 25% off the window rate, which is the same thing. Window rate is what you're paying on the day. So you're going to pay more at Christmas Day than what you are on the 3rd of February or the 27th of March. Or, or The other thing you need to do is with when you're looking at taking your whole family or people with lots of different ages, check check the age range because the price changes per age but it it's different with each pass especially yeah. around that age of when you've got kids because on one pass it might start like a teenager is 13 on one pass but then the other one it might be they might be 15 so really really check because it does make a big difference price wise yeah well in in north america it's very common for for them to have child youth student which is a university student and adult and then seniors so there's and that varies through resorts as well that you go to so so yeah just just read read and look and yeah don't buy the wrong pass because but usually when you go through the checkout it won't allow you to buy the wrong pass anyway because you've got to put your date in the date of birth so it's like oh not acceptable and then if it's not acceptable don't panic just have a look at the date there may be a youth option or there may be a child option so that's probably why sometimes people get really frustrated with it because they don't they didn't realize that there was different age breakdowns. And you can also also dig a bit deeper into the discounts that you on some of the passes they have a military discount. Yeah. Um, one of them has a a nursing discount. Um and and seniors check the age that the seniors start because it starts getting really cheap once you're digging deeper into those discounts. 
Yeah, definitely. And the benefits, the benefits of an icon pass. Like they're starting, they're obviously the big resorts are starting to buy more retail outlets and starting to buy more food outlets, trans, transport to and from the major air, um, airports into the resorts. They're all starting to own a lot of that as well. So you're getting a lot of discounts with that as well. So um, look into that of what pass you want. But honestly, destination is where we're going to get back to, I think, Emma. Yeah. Because it can be a rabbit hole talking about all those like discounts and and buddy passes and blackout dates, but they're they're just looking at it as their benefits at the end of the day. Choose your destination first, which will choose your pass. It's I mean it's really where you just want to go. Like when we were looking at Europe, I mean it there's it, just so many resorts in Europe, and the only way you can really narrow down our our thought process was essentially. We've both skied in Europe in various places, but it was like, where do we really want to go in Europe? And for us, it was we want to go to Verbier, we want to go to Chamonix, right? So they were kind of standout destinations. And so when we looked at those two destinations, then we were able to go, okay, what passes there? Um, and um, just looking at my list here, Verbier is on the is on the Epic Pass. But you have to be really careful, fine print again, because you get one day skiing for each day of lodging to the total of five days. So you can't just say, oh, yeah, well, the map, you know, the uh, the website says you get seven days everywhere because when you drill down into it, there's a catch that some of the destinations will give you the pass if you choose from their lodging. Wow. Did not know that. Yeah, and then other ones just give you the pass and you can stay where you want, you know, including Airbnb options and stuff like that. Yeah, okay. So Europe is still, they've still got to kind of work with the European ski system over there, which is completely different to North America, Australia, New Zealand, really, the way that they actually, the way that they sell their accommodation over there. So it's, yeah. So would you recommend getting a pass if you're going to go to Europe or is it easier just to go choose like your places that you want to go and then just buy day tickets because Europe but, seems hard compared to North America and Australia and New Zealand. It's it's Europe looking at the passes is really bitsy. So yeah. we're, we're, when we were looking at it, we just went, oh, wow, that's they're really big distances in between the, the resorts that are on the Epic Pass because we had the, um, you know, we were saying, okay, well, we want to get the Epic Pass, not the Epic Australia, but if we got the Epic Pass, then we could ski in France, Italy, Switzerland, Austria, and it all sounds great. And then you look on the map and go, they're massive distances. That's mass. That's a lot of carrying luggage and this and that. Our headspace just thought, okay, choose one place and stay there, okay. because, you know, for two weeks or something, because then you've got you're in your destination and that destination has lots of resorts and then you can kind of um um like let's choose one like italy okay Do- in the dolomites there's eight resorts there you know yes. so you're just based in that destination and you can explore all the resorts and then if you're there for additional days you just pay yeah so go the icon because the icon does the dolomites so and the yeah. yeah, the icon does um for the dolomites it does seven seven days. Seven no, days. Like days. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Seven days in the in in Italy is pretty amazing. We did the dolomites and you can do the Celerondo, but I think that's what you need, you know, and then you can go down 
is Europe your destination? You do Italy for seven and then you go to Austria, Kitzbühel for I guess it depends oh. if you're, you know, if you're willing to move move around, if it's only two of you, if you've got a bunch of kids or, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. It gives you lots of good options though. Like seven days in Italy in on the Icon Pass, you've got Chamonix, Kitzbühel, Zermatt as options, which is amazing. They're three amazing resorts, three of the biggest in, you know, that are on bucket lists around the world for everyone. So Mm. If you wanted to, if they're your three bucket lists, then you'd go the icon for sure. And it's seven days in each. That's 21 days of skiing. And then you get to do also Threadbot, I guess. Mm. Pretty amazing. Like pretty good value for money. Yeah, that's right. And I think one, one thing that you and I picked up when we were um, preparing for this was that you it's really make sure that you're focused on the ski season, meaning that... Yeah. You've got to start with the seat. Like if you're on the um, Epic Australia Pass, you're we've just completed a, a Australian ski season, so you can't. Yeah, you can't clean up twice. You know, you're getting the Australian ski season and the Northern Hemisphere ski season. Yeah, so it means that you get 2022 in Australia and 2023 in North America and Austria, and sorry, Europe, not Austria. But yes, yeah, so that's that's considered the ski season, not a year. It's not a financial year. It's not a calendar year. It's actually a snow season year, which is yeah. So July in Australia, June in Australia, through to April in North America or Europe, the Northern Hemisphere ski resorts. Yeah, I mean it sounds obvious, but we've got so many different ways we measure a year, calendar year, financial year, and it changes depending on northern hemisphere and southern hemisphere that it's just know that this is just focused on the ski season current and yeah and then so i have written a note that you you also need to to you you need to check again on your destination because some of the places some of the destinations you have to book ahead like on the icon pass some of the destinations you have to book like if you're skiing there that day you have to book that day you can't just turn up like on the epic on the epic um epic australia pass if you go and ski guitar you can just turn up and ski so some of the places you have to just double check that you don't have to like turn up and book because you don't want to turn up thinking you can ski and not having booked and then you you can't ski for the day yeah well the icon is making it quite like they'd like to make it a little bit exclusive and they don't because all the talk of the epic, you know, you go Vale or you go Whistler and you talk about what happened in the pre-COVID and actually just after COVID, the crowds were horrendous and everyone was blaming the epic pass for it. So I guess the Icon Pass took that on and went, well, we're not going to have that, so now you have to pre-book so we don't get overloaded so we can actually service you. It's good when you think of it that way um, because um, when you're looking on the websites, you've it is there's a temptation to think oh my gosh like they're making it so hard but really they're not meaning to do that they're just trying to manage their guests and their volume and everything so that it's a a good process once you arrive well it is true like you want you well you know we're traveling a long way especially if we go to europe that's like a you know a long way (laughs) it's a stopover in dubai and it's a it's a, you know, it could be, if you've got a family of four, it could be a $50,000 investment for a holiday to ski. So it's not cheap. So I think, you know, the planning comes into it definitely. And 
I'm glad that they kind of give us options around the world now. We never had that before, you know, and it was quite expensive. You had to pay in the euro and with the Aussie dollar fluctuating, Mm. you know, you could get to Europe and plan it two years out and you'd be like, oh, my gosh, it's now going to cost me $180 per person a day to Europe, like to ski, whereas now the passes give us the options of just having it built in. It's already done. You don't have to worry about the fluctuations on the Aussie dollar on our passes, which is another absolute positive for grabbing these passes and choosing your destination pre yeah, that's, that's the main thing these passes give you. They give you a bang for your buck. Yeah. You, you know, with the Epic Australia Pass, you ski five days and you've paid it off. Um, yeah. With the Mountain Collective, we haven't touched on that so much, but it's they give you two days. It's pretty both. much the Icon Pass, but you get two days at each resort destinations. So yeah. yeah, so, I mean, so there's another option if you want to go on your road trip. You don't want to do any more than two days anywhere else. So that's a that's a lovely little option to go, hey, okay, radio. Mountain Collective, if you were going to do a road trip in the Mountain Collective, say Canada, you'd go, you'd definitely buy two days of the Mountain Collective and you'd go, you'd fly into Calgary, then you'd head to Panorama for a little bit of two days Panorama warm-up and then you'd head out to Big Three. So you'd ski Lake Louise, Banff, um, oh, sorry, Sunshine for a couple of days and then you'd head over to Revelstoke. And then you'd hear, and then they just added some peaks this year, which is kind of amazing. So there's your road trip through the Canadian Rockies, head out to some peaks, and then you can fly home from Kamloops Airport out mm. home, which is a really, really amazing road trip. Like you'll see some amazing Canadian highway going through there and avalanche tunnels, and that's pretty much yeah, pretty good. And you get it on the Mountain Collective. So there's an option that you don't have to buy the Icon or the um epic you just get two days in each destination well and you, and the you get the um 50 off the additional days as well so oh, yes. like if you go to if you go to naseko in japan you you've got your two days on the mountain collective and then if you're there for a whole week the other days are 50 percent and no blackout dates so value wise if you visit one destination for six days or more the pass pays for itself yeah yep Yes, yeah, so, I yeah. noticed that Chamonix is on the um, Mountain Collective as well. Chamonix in France, so oh, that's been it's new this year. Like what? A, what an addition! Far out. I'm imagining that they're going to add more European um, resorts in the next three to five years, without a doubt, because you know it's very heavily driven North American at the moment, and kind of they've tapped into the Aussie and the Kiwi market of that we love to go over there. So that, that's why they've obviously joined, you know, Perisher and Threadbow and also Coronet Remarkables in Mount Hart, which is kind of cool. We and also to- I imagine um, European and all the resorts like that, the, you know, a lot of traditional sort of family-owned places and, and it takes a little while for change. <laughs> yeah, so it might take, you know, a bit of sort of what's, what will be the impact of the resorts if we get ourselves on the Mountain Collective or something and just just seeing seeing the impact. And I guess I have to look at the infrastructure, you know, like the resorts that they're going into because some of the resorts in Europe and Japan are quite old. So you don't want to hit up resorts that are fairly old and offer them on your pass and the infrastructure is still not going to take on the people that are going to be driven to those resorts because of access from a season pass. Yeah. 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 
you know, it's quite interesting. It's going to change a lot, you know, in the next five years, I would imagine, these passes as we we I would never have thought that this was ever going to happen in the ski industry in a million years, would you have, that everyone kind of got bought by conglomerates? Well, yeah, I don't know. We spent a month in Steamboat Springs about 12 years ago and it was $1,500 for a season pass just for Steamboat Springs. Yeah. Um, And that was the way to do, do a, a month there. But now... You know, I mean, if you not all the resorts are on one of these passes, so that's why it comes back to destination. If you've got one in mind that you love, yeah, then maybe you've got to just get the season pass for that resort if they're not, if that's where you really want to go, or if you've got family there or something. But yeah, I guess it's all just economics and yeah, and just kind of a way to survive and support businesses and you know, yeah, no, it's interesting, interesting times in the ski industry. But um, I hope that we have helped you guys with um, narrowing down the main the main points because, um, you know, I guess that's our, our thought process of how we choose our um, season passes. And, and would I go and ski somewhere that is not on one of these passes? Yeah, I would. I would. There's a couple of little places in New Zealand. I'd love to go there for an extended period of time that are, um, not on these passes and there's plenty that are not on the passes that you know that you need to you know yeah. if you do you if you don't choose your destination you do a road trip then in between all them in in america you know you're driving down you're driving from you know your destination might be jackson hole but you can drive four and a half hours and go to sun valley in boise mm-hmm. and fly out of boise that's mm-hmm. something that you probably would have not thought about ever doing you would have just gone to jackson mm-hmm. and ski jackson well, I'm yeah. deliberately not actually saying the name of the ones that I want to go to that aren't on the pass because, and I'll tell you later, but, you know, this one resort in um in the States and it's like we'd go there in a heartbeat and spend a month there and they're not on the pass. Yeah, there's a, so, lot, that are, there's a lot of Americans that are American resorts that are boycotting the pass, I would say, because they want locals still, which is amazing, which I absolutely love because, you know, we're all about the hidden stash. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it harder and harder to find. Yeah, and it does change these resorts, doesn't it? I mean, like yeah. lots of good things, but also it brings the crowds. Yeah, it does. It does. So, I mean, like this year it's going to be really interesting for me because I live in Sun Peaks, you know, and they've added it to the Icon Pass this year and I'm, I'll be really interested to see how much it affects our actual resorts. I mean, it's got the capacity to throw people up the hill and skim down the hill. It's a big enough resort. But I just want to know, like, where they're coming from. Did people buy it because it's on Sun Peaks now and then they can go, you know, they're, are they going to live in Vancouver and buy the Icon to come to Sun Peaks and then go to Lake Louise and Sunshine and Panorama to get out of Whistler, the epic? Does that happen? I don't know. It just throws in, it throws in so many scenarios. The more resorts that are added to the different season passes, the more you know, scenarios and the more adventure you can have. Like one of my, I sat down, you know, when we were doing this research and I thought, oh, my gosh, you can drive. Like if you buy the Icon Pass, you can fly into Calgary, go to Revelstoke, head down to Red Mountain, go to Schwarzer, then go out to Spokane, fly up to Spokane, like go fly out from Spokane, back up to Calgary and home. That is something that Australians would never do before. Like we would kind of just go to the main resorts, you know, kind of like what we do to Europe at the moment. But the icon, if you look at it and you kind of research it and you work out your destination or your epic pass, you get to see different parts of countries that you kind of wouldn't normally go to because 
you weren't sure of what it was. What, yeah, what destination were you going to get when you got there? You know. Yeah, definitely. It's getting us out there amongst it all. I don't know. What? I'm just you know, it's exciting. I love it, <laughs> but I'm I'm wary. I'm wary of my little sun peaks getting you know overrun. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, Living yeah. You'll be able to see the impact. Like by the end of the season, you'll be able to say, "Oh, that was a good thing." Adding adding it to the pass or not? It's always a good thing for the restaurants, isn't it? Like you know, I don't know. <laughs> I'll let you know. Yeah, I'll exactly. You know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. But it is um. It's it's tough. I mean, we've I hope we haven't confused you. <laughs> but I think the biggest thing from this is that you've got to do your research. Don't skim over any of the fine print like we tend to do, but there's a lot of fine print when buying a season pass. Get your notepad out, get ready to do your maths, compare apples with apples, um, work out is you know, can one of us or can two of us buy a pass and can we use the Buddy passes for the rest of the family. Uh, how old are the kids? Are they covered under the pass? Are they free under the pass? Yeah. Uh, discounts, you know, is who's covered where? Um, and, yeah, especially seniors I think as well. Like it does change in different in different passes. But, um, yeah, certainly yeah. when my dad came over to North America with us, he was he, he skied so cheaply for a week. It was ridiculous. Well worth it. Get those seniors yeah. out amongst it. I hope I'm still skiing when I'm a senior. <laughs> My mum and dad got a senior pass this year when they're coming to Canada. I hope and we need to give a shout-out to the Daily Snow podcast. It is yeah. a great little new um, podcast this year in Australia. Uh, it really, like, if you're heading up the hill in Australia, it's it, these daily episodes go for about two minutes and it's a really good wrap-up of the weather. A little bit different to the main um, weather-giving people. He just does it. He presents it in such a way that it's just an easy two minutes on the way up the hill. So, yep, shout-out to him. Yeah, amazing. And he'll give you the right knowledge and the advice of what's going on at all the resorts. Pretty cool. (laughs) Thanks. Okay. We'll catch you later. Bye, guys. See ya. Thanks for listening to Loving the Snow Life with Emma and Tennille. If you've learned a handy tip or two, then happy days. To catch all our episodes, subscribe on iTunes. It's free. Head over to www.lovingthesnowlife.com.au for more info and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Loving the Snow Life. If you have any suggestions for topics or guests, then email us on our website. Thanks to everyone who leaves a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to share our episodes on your social media.